Hi, y'all. Um, this is a message to our audience. We just want to say, uh, please excuse our audio quality. We don't have the greatest equipment right now. Um, this is our first podcast. We're doing this for the month of May to raise awareness of people who have been in foster care or are in foster care. Uh, uh, we hope you enjoy the episode. everyone uh welcome to fosterpedia where we talk everything about foster youth um so may is national foster care awareness month a period set aside to recognize the many individuals families agencies and communities that support the children in in foster care we are recording at home through the covid 19 pandemic and today we wanted to introduce ourselves in our first episode of fosterpedia which is how foster care experiences have shaped our career trajectories. My name is Angela Young. I currently attend Cal Poly Pomona and I'm majoring in music with an emphasis in music industry studies. We are also part of the Renaissance Scholars Program, a support program that helps former foster youth through uh, transition through foster care through higher education. So we started this podcast to raise awareness about former foster youth from the four from the voices of former foster youth themselves. On this podcast, we will go through topics such as experiences in college, personal endeavors, obstacles foster youth face, resiliency, careers, passions, and how our experiences in the foster care have shaped our personal journeys. So let's get started. I would love to pass it on to my co-host, Josue Ruiz. Hi, my name is Josue Ruiz. I currently attend Cal Poly Pomona too. I'm majoring in computer information systems and I am too am part of the Renaissance College program. Uh, so the first topic for our, our podcast would be how experiences in foster care shape career trajectory. I want to introduce our guests, uh, Marcus and Savannah. Hello everyone, my name is Marcus Ogata. I am also going to Capoli Mona and I'm also in the Renaissance Scholars Program. Um, I'm currently working as a peer mentor for the program and I'm majoring in biotechnology with a minor in chemistry. Hey everyone, my name is Savannah Licano. I also attend Cal Poly Pomona and also part of Renaissance Scholars. I am a second year transfer. We'll be graduating this semester with the Bachelor of Science in Anthropology and a minor in Political Science. So let's start off with our first question. Um, let's just hit on what you guys majored in again and what career you are pursuing with your degree. So we'll start with Marcus. All right, so once again, I'm a biotechnology major and I have a minor in chemistry. Um, so my overall goal, coming straight out of Capoic uh, Mona, I want to get into the industry working with um, manufacturing uh, medical devices. I want to kind of get my foot in the door with um, that uh, field because eventually I want to go to graduate school to uh, get my degree in bioengineering. So I'll be able to either do that or I'm going to go and do some kind of pharmaceutical work. I feel like that's the perfect industry to get into right now since this whole uh, COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic has struck our nation. Unreal. <laughs> Honestly. My time to find a cure, y'all. <laughs> Go save the world. Get us out this quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. And what about you, Savannah? 
Yeah, so I am actually an anthropology major, which honestly, I don't know why I always, I, I never know what to say when people ask me like, oh, why are you anthropology major? Anyway, um, so my minor is political science and I actually want to go into educational policy um, because I just, I used to work at my community college and I used to see so many people come into the office I worked in, which was EOPS um, Care Link, which is basically like support services for like first-gen students, single parents, foster youth, and there'd be so many students who would come into the office who couldn't get resources to help them, um, you know, through their educational journey, and it just would, it would literally, like, break my heart, because I, I think everyone deserves, like, you know, opportunities to get equal resources to help them, you know, achieve their educational goals, so, and it wouldn't be anyone's fault except for the policies that were in place that the policies that school you know had um and I just want to be part of the change so after um I graduate I'm actually going to serve in a Mary court before I go to grad school which I will be working at a school in a low-income area to um serve as a mentor and tutor as um to the students but not only that I'll get to see firsthand how like public schools are in the low the low the lower income areas to see like this disparity and the inequality that these schools face um, as a result of the poor policies that are currently in place due to, you know, whoever's in charge. So, yeah. So, but, um, that's wonderful. That's a mess. That's a real meaningful world. <laughs> I, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then our next question is, as a former foster youth, what obstacles have you encountered in your industry? Just for clarification on the question, um, like I said, I'm majoring in um, music with an emphasis in music industry studies. And throughout my time as a former foster youth navigating the music industry, um, I've realized like how difficult it is. Like it's even difficult for, for uh, students who didn't come from a foster care background, but like through mentors and like professors, I've learned like the experiences that I face are actually just like how the music industry works because um, uh, a lot of like jobs in the music industry aren't like a straight like shot. You have to like work your way up from very like um, entry level positions and these positions don't even pay like a living wage because the music industry expects for like um, people who get into the industry to have parents who will actually like finance and support them throughout their like uh, the early years of their career until they finally get to where they want to be but like as a former foster youth like we're independent we don't have parents and families that can like spend all this money on us to like help us like meet our basic needs um, for as long as we need to until we meet our career goals so um, like what's some if what's something like this that you've experienced in your industry if um, yeah if anything like this has happened in your industry like you can touch on that. So we can start with Marcus. Um, for me, it's not so much about money. For me, I feel that it's, uh, my biggest struggle has been confidence and comfortability with my major and my field because I'm a minority. I'm a former foster like I'm black. And those things don't really come into STEM majors. They're not really people that are interested in science because they can come from areas where they weren't even taught the basics uh, well. So how are they gonna know how to compete with these people that have come from 
socioeconomic statuses that are way above mine. Like I didn't have parents, basically. Yeah. So, like they, they've always been supportive. They've always been like told that they can do these things. They, they're smart, and like I kind of had to struggle and, and motivate myself to to do that on my own. Yeah. yeah, I have. Um, I want to add to that because I also have those issues with my major and in information systems. It just feels mm -hmm. like everyone knows what they're doing, and it's like almost like I'm lacking that mentorship. Um, and it, yeah, we're like, just floating around. We don't. We don't even know where to go, what to do. All we do is do schoolwork, and we don't have any sense of like like direction. Yeah, like when I was a, when I started uh, at Cal Poly, I was in engineering and. Um, I failed those classes uh, and kind of makes sense because I, I had a mentor who was telling me like, oh, are you sure you want to major in this? Like these kids, they've trained from like day one to be engineers and like, um, but that's because they were fortunate to have that instruction from their parents or whomever, you know? Yeah. I feel like for me, that's kind of different though, because well, Vina, I changed my major twice. I used to think I wanted to be a doctor, but then I realized, like, I hate science and I suck at it. So I was like, no. But then um, I was at my college for three years and then I transferred and then I decided to declare a minor in political science, which I, I found that I was more passionate about, more interested in. And then I just felt like everyone in, like, the poli-sci classes, like, they had, like, these internships or they have this work experience. And I just felt like I was so behind constantly comparing myself to where they were. I was just like, Oh, or you're well, not doing I, enough. I don't. What? How do I? How do I get an internship? Where? Mm -hmm. Where do you find it? Because I don't. I don't know. Um, and just like you know, they they took in all like every political science class, and here I am taking an intro class with freshmen. I just always constantly felt so behind, mm -hmm. and I think that's like my problem is just always comparing myself to everyone else in the room, and instead of just focusing on me and what I can do. Um, luckily enough, though, I was able to get an internship at a congresswoman's office just by luck because I met someone. But I think, like, I feel like a lot of people from, like, they were at Cal Poly from their freshman year knowing they wanted to go into politics or they wanted to go to law school or just being in political science and they kind of already knew. Like, I knew someone who was going to D Washington, D.C. because um, she got an internship over there and I was just like, oh, well, well how'd you get that? Like, like they, I feel like they just already know well, there, then there's me, like, all late to the party trying to, like, get this experience or trying to meet someone or network or stuff like that, so. Yeah, and I feel like that's something a lot of us as former foster youth, like, struggle with. It's, like, we're spending all of this time trying to gain stability in our lives just to, like, meet our basic needs so we can be successful to go to school. And once we achieve that, it's, like, we're focused on our classes so that we can like get good grades but we still have to like we're still like have to like you know just do simple things like make dinner for ourselves like work so that we can have a living for ourselves like we spend all this time gaining the stability we need in our lives that trying to find like um like networks in your industry and internships are like on the back burner and it's like everyone mm -hmm. says like oh if you don't get an internship by the time you're in your third year like there's something wrong like there's like people are going to look at your resume and think that there's something wrong with you as an applicant when it's like yeah. there's nothing wrong with us we've just been uh our priorities are just different like we've had to like yeah. um, tackle different things than our other peers like because you know we haven't had the same lived experiences so i i feel that I agree. Yeah. I want to get those straight A's and internships, but I got to survive first. What the heck? Yeah, exactly. Bills first. 
It's like our, our priorities are different than our peers. Definitely. Definitely. So it's like that which kind of impacts like what we choose to do with our time. Because yeah. mo- majority of the time too, internships are non-paid. So mm-hmm. it's just like, should I keep this job at wherever that's not, not doing anything for me or not get like teaching me or like I'm not growing as a as a person or should I get this non-paid internship that will like look good but then it's like I can't support myself because I ain't get no money from it. Honestly, and I feel like <laughs> that makes sense. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like I always have to. It's like I either have to sacrifice my uh, I have, it's like I have to fi- sacrifice my financial security or professional development opportunities like why do I have to choose between my security as a human being with professional like with professional experience like why can't like why aren't there opportunities for us to gain professional experiences that will actually help secure our like financial future as well like honestly I'm all for like um, nonprofit organizations and giving back to the community and stuff but it's like with internships you have to commit to so many hours like 200 hours is like oh that's a requirement for my degree like dedicating 200 like free hours like to like um like for an organization and then having to worry about like okay well that's 200 hours I could have spent working and like to actually like pay my bills and so like what am I gonna do like like it's just like it's like there's no reason why we should have to do that but sadly that's like the reality for us it's very yeah and it looks different between industries too i'm sure it's super yeah. hard for social service as a music industries well in the stem majors they probably i mean you hear all the time those fat internships at google amazon and on the big tech companies yeah it's crazy i know we touched on it a little bit um during like our conversation but um what steps have you taken to like overcome these obstacles or what like tips you have for um combating these struggles that we face like in our industries and in our lives um i would say for me when it came to like the confidence and the comfortability thing i learned that i'm more comfortable when i just sit in the front of the class i answer my questions i don't turn around and see if anyone's looking at me or like uh making any kind of noise and i answer a question and nine times out of ten, I'm right anyway. So, so I've just forced myself a lot to get out of my comfort zone and and answer those questions and stand out for my professors and 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 make my peers hate me because the black kids <laughs> smarter than them in the class. Oh, you're too much. You're too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. So. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yes. Shut up. You said it. <laughs> such a shy person um when it comes to like networking or like something as simple as asking a question I will I will have like I will refuse to ask a question in class because I am so like what if someone's thinking that's a dumb question but um at, at my time at Cal Poly I tried to like um you know get out of my little shell definitely talk to professors and just like talk to them about uh, well, for me, like, um, since I want to go into policy, I, I, for example, I want to go see one of my professors and did like an informational interview type of thing, just asking him, like, 
how'd you know you wanted to do this? And how'd you get to where you are? What kind of experiences you had? Um, and then just trying to jo join organizations just to expand um, my, my network. Cause I feel like um, the more people, you know, I feel like that can help you with opportunities. And so for me, I feel like a big thing is just like um, who, you know, and like, like, cause for example, my internship I got, it's because I met someone who worked at the office and she literally just got me in. So I feel like if I'm able to network more and uh, uh, meet people who are in different, like, um, not industries, but like do things that I'm interested in, they can always like help me like um, find different opportunities. If that even makes sense. Honestly, I don't know if that makes sense. That's a good point. What's the hard <laughs> like, part about networking then for you guys, for all of us actually? Say that again? What's the hardest part about networking? Go, just going out there. Just, yeah, I think it's confidence hey, just again. Like, like, just the confidence. first, hi, how are you for me? Like, if mm -hmm. I could just get past the, hi, my name is Savannah, blah, 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 I think I would be good. But it's just getting, like, the courage mm -hmm. to just go introduce myself or something. Yeah. Honestly, I'm shy. <laughs> like, I, at first, I hated networking because I felt like, you know, like all I've done thus far in college is like work toward like getting my degree and being like stable. Like I don't have all of these goals and like achievements and accomplishments. Like no one's going to want to talk to me. Like they're just going to be thinking like, what has this girl been doing with all her time? And I just felt like, so I felt so inadequate. Like I, like I had nothing to talk about. But it's like, um, so it's like, it, I, it goes back to the whole confidence thing too. Like, I just felt like, like I wasn't confident in myself and I felt like no one was going to see all of my, like, I feel like I know, like as a former foster youth, like how much I've accomplished and like, um, you know how like important all the things I've done have been, but I feel like people who don't know anything about the foster care community won't see my achievements as hard work because for a normal person who didn't grow up in foster care it's something so minimal and so small like just coming honestly yes like just going to college is like it's a big thing and to other people it's like no big deal but like for us <laughs> yeah and it's like the only reason why i feel like i've gotten comfortable networking is because i've had like uh, mentors in my life that have um encourage me to do so like I remember I went to like a networking event at USC um with one of my college mat mentors and I did not want to go to the event at all because I'm like uh networking that's scary like I have nothing to talk about no way like I'm not gonna go but she encouraged me to go and then along with her and then my mentor Clinton they kind of just took me around the whole event saying like this is my men my mentee Angela she's doing this this and that and they just kind of just introduced me and people actually like wanted to talk to me and when I told them about my experiences they were actually amazed at how like far I've come and they were interested in like what I was doing so it's just having someone who has gone through it and who can advocate for you and kind of be like your partner in crime when you first start networking I feel like it's so <laughs> instrumental in helping you like get out of your shell and be comfortable and it's like um yeah, I don't know, I'm passionate about, like, trying to help people, like, realize the power and, like, the fun side of networking versus how scary it is, because I have been on both sides, like, I know how scary it is, but once we get past, like, the fear, oh my gosh, it opens so many doors, it's crazy. I think so, too, especially when we have such unique stories and, like, they just hear about yeah. how resilient we are, the adversity, like, 
Like I, I don't see why they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't be interested in what we have to say and what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then for me too. Oh wait, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that for me, networking is hard too, because sometimes I feel like I'm a bad communicator and I don't know how to get what I want to say across. Like sometimes I feel like I don't make sense, so like that makes me even feel more nervous. Like, what if I just sound stupid to them or like they don't get what I'm trying to say? So that makes me nervous too about communicating. And that's why I need someone to go around walking with me, like Angela, to help me network. Yeah, that was actually my next question. Like, what's the best way to approach people? How do you approach someone you want to network with? And is it fake? Do you think it's fake? Um, honestly, I feel like this is something I learned recently. Through, um, my mentor Clinton, he told me like, you know, just reach out to people on LinkedIn. And when you reach out to them, just say something meaningful. So for example, like I applied to the Television Academy internship recently. He's like, you know, just reach out to people, say, hey, I um, applied for the, this internship. I know that you're an alumni of the program. Can I just have five to 10 minutes of your time? I wanted to know like what your favorite part of the internship was and any advice you have for me um, to make the most out of my experiences if I land the internship. And I'm and like I just sent that out and at first I was like, you know what, these people don't care about answering my questions. They're gonna be like, Why is this girl in my inbox? And stuff. I just felt like I feel like I've been turned away so many times and felt like I was like a burden and like a bother to people so many times that I don't <laughs> it's so sad, but we all feel the same way. It's a reality for us and it's like um I was just like so like adverse to it like I don't want to do this but I'm like you know what um you know like I feel like just having um Clinton there in my corner to like um you know talk to and like just be there for me no matter what the outcome was made it less scary so you know I reached out to these people and I actually got like a lot of responses like on LinkedIn like two weeks ago I only had 12 connections and now I have 110 connections because what the heck are you doing? Yes, yeah, like, <laughs> like all of these people and actually made meaningful connections with them. And I learned a lot about the television industry and about the like entertainment industry in general. And it's like, honestly, I feel like our, our mindset is so skewed because of all of our negative experiences that we've had in foster care and all the obstacles we've uh, uh, overcame and like the trial of trials and tribulations we've gone through that like honestly what we've gone through is not normal and it's not how the world is like we need to learn how to like reshape our thinking of how the world actually works because we have seen the bad side of people and the bad side of the world and stuff that we need to like kind of relearn how to navigate through the world and um i feel like we just like you meet like a, a friend like um you just go and you see someone you're like hey i'm blank 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 like how are you like what's your favorite color what's this it's like this as simple as it is to make a friend is as simple as it is to make a meaningful connection with someone in the professional uh world and i feel like once we do that and get but outside of the whole like oh my gosh this is scary like you know, I had to. I have to have all these accolades to talk to someone. You know, like these people don't know me. It's like, it's like they won't get to know you if you don't reach out to them and and like give them the opportunity to do so. Like it's something that's so hard, but at the same time, it's so simple. So I, yeah. I don't know, 
hope that helps. Like, it gives you guys perspective a little bit, but yeah. That's a gem right there. Well, since we're talking about networking and mentors, who do you all look up to as mentors? Um, so for me, my, they're not, they're, they're mentors, but they're not mentors of my industry, obviously. And some of these people aren't even alive. But um, I, for me, a mentor is someone that I can look to, not about what they've, not necessarily about what they've accomplished, but the things that they say and the way that their mind works. So my list of people are people that pretty much are very similar to me. They came from nothing and they made a huge impact, not only in our bank account, but like it, the culture that is around today. Um, so the first one that I thought was actually was Tupac. Um, I, I love Tupac, not so much for his music, because I honestly don't even know that much of his songs, but I know a lot of his, his poetry and I've seen a lot of his interviews and just those two things alone, like those things that he speaks about and the way that he says it and the way he, he holds himself, it, yeah, he's not educated, yeah, he, he's from the streets and everything, but he's not stupid at the same time, you know, like he understands the world, he understands what's going on and like regardless of his educational level, he, he's not a moron. <laughs> so that's something that I love. And then my next uh, uh, mentor, person that I like to do actually is Kobe Bryant. Um, and that's just because of the whole Mamba mentality thing. I, I believe very, very, um, it's one of the most important things that, that you need to do if you want to succeed is to, to work hard. You know, like the whole thing of like, oh, the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is the extra, like that's super true. Like people that, people that want to, <laughs> that want to just get by and do the bare minimum, that's, that's what you're going to get in the end. You're going to get the bare minimum. It's people that, put their, their blood, sweat, tears, heart, soul into it, like they're the ones that are going to make it. And I, I'm a firm believer in that. And then my last person was Will Smith. And he's a lot like Kobe Bryant. He has that same mentality of like um, coming from something and making something out of himself. And, and then to make it even more, uh, he's even more interesting to me because he's also a, a foster kid and an orphan. So that's another reason why I really like uh, Wait, really? He is? Yeah, like uh, there's an episode on Fresh Prince of Bella actually of when his. Okay, so do you know the story of Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bella? Fresh yeah, Prince I, Prince I know Prince. that show. Okay, so so his his dad comes to visit at, at the, the the uncle's mansion, um, and and then the dad like just steps out again, and then the uh, Will Smith is talking to his uncle and he's like, well, why doesn't he want me? Like, what? Why doesn't he? Like, there's this whole scene. Like, you have to watch. It's actually really like it's very compelling. And then I was listening to like kind of the backstory of it and, and Will Smith like breaking down and crying was actually like was actually his real emotions it wasn't him acting like that 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 like triggered his emotion of like remembering when he's a little kid of him his dad and, like not being around not taking care of him and then and then his dad came back into his life and then he dipped out again you know like it, it just brought back those things that, of his traumatic uh, childhood. Oh, I didn't know that about Will Smith. Yeah that's that's a big reason why I, I uh, and then he's like talking about on his monologue too saying like yeah I'm gonna I learned how to shoot my first basketball with him, and now I'm a great basketball player. I learned how to do my first, like, math without him, and I'm a great at math. I, and um, I learned how to do all these things, and, and I don't need him, and, and I'll never need him, and, and I'm going to be the best dad that, that any kid could ask for. And he, that whole monologue, he literally brought that to life. Like, he, he married um, Jada Pickett Smith. He has, what, four beautiful kids, like, all that. I think he's a great guy. That's amazing. Yeah. I have one mentor. Um who um she's my old boss at community college and she's just like she's like one of the best persons that I've 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 like met um in my life I think um she's so inspiring um 
She was the associate director for um, student support services at community at Cerritos College, and um, I just like working with her. Like I could see like the passion that she had, um, wanting and like how she wanted to help as many students as she could, and like she she wanted to do more, but just like with policies and rules and stuff like like that type of BS that she got to follow, I guess. Like she was just so limited. And I think like, she's like kind of the main reason, not the main reason, but she did put, she's like one of the reasons why I decided to want to go into like education of some sort. But um, there are other people who I look up to like um, AOC. I don't know if you guys know who she is. She's, yeah. um, she's a Congresswoman from the Bronx. Um, yeah. Alexandria Kosia, I don't know how to say her last name, but yeah, her AOC. Um, I just think like the type of work that people like her do for like our country and people who are low income and people who are hard workers are not hard workers, but like the working class of America, you know, people who are struggling to feed their kids or, you know, who can't work, who can't afford health care. I think like like people like her, the reason why I want to make a change in the world because it's like that's the average American. So if I could be like her, that would be awesome. She's awesome. Oh, and Bernie Sanders, but I won't get into that. So. <laughs> <laughs> she said Bernie. <laughs> Bernie, you gotta come back. Yeah, those are great mentors. Do you have any mentors, Josue? Actually, yeah. There's this guy. His name's Quincy Larson. He's um, he's a web developer. Uh, he's a. I I look up to him, and I um because he. He, I think he dropped out of college, and so he started this um, nonprofit called Free Code Camp. Um, it's a website, and it's a website that teaches you to code, like the fundamentals of web design. And I look up to him because he, even though he didn't have a college degree, um, wait, what's that? I said you look up to him because he wears glasses too. Probably. Good um. <laughs> It's because um, it's because he he to me he personifies that idea that you don't have to go to you don't have to have credentials to make a living in your life or to get very far. Um, now of course this isn't this isn't the same for all industries. I mean some things are more specialized than others, but at least for in this case in like software development, he personified this idea that you could have grit and continue and still be successful and also share your successes with others because this nonprofit provides like life lessons for like everyone in the world pretty much um that's who i look up to personally i agree though i don't think that you necessarily have to go to college and have all ten thousand degrees to be um to be successful i think you know college isn't for everyone so that's cool i have to look into him i feel that the knowledge that i've learned is not necessarily my success but it's more tools to get to my like Tools to get where I want to go, not necessarily like I'm not made yet. I'm just getting there. Like the degree was ah, yeah. stepping stone. Yeah, the application of knowledge is what's important. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You got to be able to do that. It doesn't matter how smart, how good your grades are. It matters what you can do with it. <laughs> exactly. So don't mind my GPA, okay? No. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was trying, I was trying to sneakily talk about myself without talking about myself. But, ah. <laughs> <laughs> my GPA don't mean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't define who I am. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just to wrap things up, um, 
what motivates you all to push on despite everything that we have gone through and all the challenges we face on a daily basis? Uh, I'll make it quick. So for me, <clears throat> my three biggest bullet points here are breaking the cycle. Um, within my family, I'm one of eight siblings, and I'm only of the people that are old enough to graduate. Only four out of five of us, or four out of six of us, have actually. Let me refer to myself. Four out of six of us have been graduated from high school, um, and then three of us went to community college, and I was the only one that got out of community college. And I'm going to be the first one to finish my degree. And I have not only my daughter, but I have two nieces and a nephew who look up to me extremely. And I want to make sure that they see that college is 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 uh, is required. It's not it's not a it's not like an option for them. I don't intend to go to college, you know, because that's super important, especially being a minority. Um, and another point that I made was just that I feel I like to self-reflect and remember like how far I've come when times get hard, and then I see that. I started from there and I'm here, so why not shoot for the stars? Because I made it this far already, why not go even farther? Um, and then lastly, I truly enjoy my subjects. I've changed my major already th four times, and I've fallen into something that I'm truly interested in, and it really does show because my first year of college, I did not do good at all. And then now being a senior, like I've had the best years I've probably had in college. And these classes are extremely hard, but I, I, I actually enjoy it. So, so actually, it's very similar to Marcus. I'm one of eight, too, and I'm the first in my family to go to college, and I will be the first to graduate in two weeks. Um, but no, I just think about a lot of where I came from and how I don't ever want to to be in a situation like that. Um, you know, um, I love my, my sisters, but I just, I see them sometimes, and I just, I just want better for like my all my siblings and I want to be an example to them that if I can do it they can do it too and um like I have like two nephews and, and a niece and I and I want them to know that college is an is is an option you know like you can do it if you you work hard and I think um you know there's so many there's so many kids in the foster care system hundreds of thousands and I think that um if they see other foster youth going to college and succeeding, they, they could believe in themselves too. Um, there's just so many people out there who need help and who need resources and who needs just someone to look up to. And I think if I, I want to, you know, try to, you know, inspire people that they can be better than the situation that they were given or the card that they were dealt like that saying that everyone says. So, yeah. So inspirational. Um, I feel like I feel the same way. Like I just feel like a lot of my. I'm gonna be real. Like for most of my life, I felt like I like had all this potential and talent, but like just like not. I just didn't have the resources and the opportunities to like achieve everything that I wanted to achieve. And it's like even though in my heart. I felt, I've always felt like I was special and like I was a somebody. The world made me feel like I'm a nobody and like I'm nothing. And I think that is so messed up. Like, it's just not right. Like, um, and I know that there's so many people out there that are, are like me who 
um, have all these dreams and goals and ambitions and are very talented, but they just need the right resources and the opportunities. And it's like, I, it's like, it's always made me happy to help other people bring their dreams to like actualization and realize like um, the power within that they have within themselves. And it's like, you know, I always say that like my mission is to inspire people to um, inspire people to achieve their dreams, no matter what their background is, to empower people to uh, accomplish things they never thought were possible and to give them the resources to do so. And I feel like all of these, like uh, some way, shape or form, the people that I've met along the way um, in like college um, have helped me do this. And I like realize the power in it and how it's helped me like get to like far places. And I want to do the same for others. So honestly, that's what motivates me. And I just gotta, I have to just help other people like um, elevate, level up get to their um, next um, stage in life because it's like honestly with a, like people don't realize the power in a little bit of help because honestly a little bit of help goes a long way so yeah that's what motivates me to just keep on going despite the obstacles that I face um, uh, each day. Did you want to ask something Josue? Yeah um yeah, I I I um I agree with everything you guys said. A lot of it's adversity. I I sometimes wear the whole foster youth thing as a medal, like if I was in a war, because it did feel that way. You know, growing up, you know, you growing up, I mean, you get disciplined, but you don't get beat, right? So it's like, well, this isn't so bad because I've been through worse. So I could probably I am probably going to be able to do this and succeed at the same time, and also just show this to show the world that just because you know I've had this experience doesn't mean I'm gonna end up the same way or be a negative Nancy over it and you know not level myself up just like you said like I'm in a video game <laughs> <For real. laughs> this is a... just, just to like make a little addition to that I feel that coming from where we come from like I use it as a tool not necessarily like the crutch. I, I, I kind of the same way that you said is like, I've been through all these experiences and I've got through that. Like, why can't I do this? Like, for to me personally, the amount of stuff that I've dealt with in my life, college has is a cakewalk. Being a student is a cakewalk. Like, not having that much money, that's a cakewalk to me in terms of what I've, where I've come from to where I am now. That stuff is easy. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like these adversities that we have faced have helped us like make it through college and like most like the adversities that we have faced have been one of the main reasons why we've been able to get through college and I feel like I also always say that like as a former foster youth I've become an expert at turning my roadblocks into building blocks for success and I feel like that's what all of us have done and I think that's pretty powerful. So thank you again, everyone, for joining us this week. Uh, thanks to Savannah and for Mark and to Marcus for sharing your experiences with our audience. And I hope to see everyone again next week on Fosterpedia. Make sure to reach out to us on the CPP Renaissance Scholars Instagram page to show your support for us during this campaign and beyond. Yeah, thanks, guys.